Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner in the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we have everything you need. Just remember that. You don't need anything <laughs> else. No other podcasts. No well, other... you might need coffee. Yeah, I mean, we can't provide for your physical nourishment, just your spiritual nourishment. That's all we've got. Though our logo is a to-go box, it's a metaphorical to-go box. We don't provide (laughs) any kind of food. Just food for your ears and for your heart and just soul. Copyright infringement probably on chicken soup for the soul. I don't know. (laughs) We might have to take that out. Um... Charlotte, hello. Hello, David. I am so happy to be here with Me you too. today on this glorious morning. Mm. This week leading up to August 30th, we're going to talk about the gospel for proper 17. That's, that's the end of August. I know. Man, it's crazy. I know. I cannot believe it. I cannot oh, believe man. it. What are we going into our sixth month of quarantine? Kind of semi-quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Virtual everything. Um, but That's we, the recording of the podcast. Yes. Uh, someday we'll be back in the same room. Who knows? But uh, until then, we will continue to come to you virtually, uh, which is really no problem. Um, no. But yeah, we're going to talk about this this uh, gospel for today. Um, but before that, we're going to check in. And I'm going to share where I saw God this week. Since we don't have a guest, it's on me. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, like every week, we like to share a little, about, little bit about where we saw God or ask our guests uh, where we saw God in our lives. And we invite you to do the same kind of reflecting on a regular basis. You know, the Ignatian, uh, Ignatian spirituality has this, these great terms, consolations and desolations, um, as kind of an alternative to thinking about like the highs and lows. We think about where consolations, like where we really could feel God's movement clearly in our lives and desolations where it was challenging to feel God's presence. We always know that God is present, but uh, sometimes it's harder than other times. So anyway, the way the place that I uh, could feel God pretty clearly for myself this past week was uh, last Thursday night, we uh, went camping at uh, Paso Picacho, which is up near Julian, in a a great campground. It was, you know, open air and uh, socially distanced and everything from from the other uh, people camping there. But it was just so good to have one to to be to to have two days off in a row. Uh, which was really good for my body and my soul and my heart. And then to just like be outside for that long <laughs> because I feel like I spend so much time inside and have spent so much more time inside these last five, six months than ever before. Um, so to be able to be out there to uh, be able to see the tail end of the meteor shower uh, to see some shooting stars and like oh, to, really cool. to feel my my place, my little place in this giant infinite universe 
was really grounding and um you know to to sleep on the ground was grounding and to be out there um was was really centering for me so it was wonderful and um just the just you know the we talked about this before on the show with different guests um just how amazing and grounding uh nature can be and how how it is such you know a window to the divine this the natural the natural world so especially in this moment when i'm spending so much time staring at a computer screen and so much time looking at electronic things it's good to look yeah. at something that's that's reflecting light instead of producing it so yeah well and i think it's a reminder david of taking those opportunities for all of us whenever we can um going away camping was probably extremely healing yeah. but there's also the opportunity to spend a morning or an evening sitting in a chair at the beach or going for a walk near your neighborhood park mm. or any of those things. And that I think that in this separate time, sometimes we forget how much we need that, mm. how we need that opportunity to connect with God outside, mm -hmm. um, to connect with what's real and true. And so it serves as a reminder to me, you know, your story does yeah. that I need to leave these four walls. Yeah. Everybody, get out of your house. <laughs> go right now. If you're inside, go outside right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we would, you know, we would always love to hear from you. If you want to share your, um, the place you saw God this week, any consolations or desolations from your week of life with God, of your of your week in the world, we'd love to hear from you. We'd also always love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or personal reflection, you can send those to faith to go at edsd.org. That's our email address. You can also contact us through our website. There's a chat function on our website where you can also find all those faith to go resources every week, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can also contact us, direct message us and follow us on Instagram at faith to go. So, uh, we're going to get into the gospel now. Um, the gospel for this, uh, Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, August 30th, proper 17, is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 28. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we are going to each take some time to share a point and then collaborate on a third. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. All right, so uh, just for some context, um, 
you know, J- Peter just had this great moment, as you remember from last week, <laughs> of, <laughs> of, you know, telling Jesus that uh, he believes he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, blessed are you, son of son, Simon, son of Jonah. And then this, you know, it's things can turn quickly in Peter's yeah. life and in everyone's life, really. Um, we have the pe- capacity to get it really right and really wrong all the time. So mm-hmm. that's good. It's good to see Peter doing that. Um, so this is the section right after that, you know, for, and then it says, so that section ended. And then verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. So um, with that in mind, Charlotte has the first point. So, and what I'd like to talk about, well, of course, it has to do with Peter, I guess. Um, Peter, who we talked about last time as the rock on which we built the church this week instead, um, is called out for his loyalty and love, almost. I mean, and the reason why I want to talk about it that way is because of this language that's used um, by Jesus, where he says, get behind me, Satan, followed by... You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And it's this image of stumbling block that really is sitting with me this week and how we consider it. Because in this, Jesus is naming Peter as a stumbling block for him, that Peter's love is a stumbling block for him and how he is focusing on earthly things and not divine things and making it harder for Jesus to continue the road ahead. And he names Peter as this, as a stumbling block for him. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about that, I thought about how easy, maybe that's the right word, it's possible to identify things that are stumbling blocks for me when those stumbling blocks come from outside sources. Hmm. So things that are put in my way that get in the way of my success in life, um, in the betterment of my family, in my relationship with God, um, with improving things in the world, things that are done by outside forces, I could rattle them off for you right now, a list one to 10 um, easily because those things were put there by others. Those are stumbling blocks put in front of me. But there's other kinds of stumbling blocks. There's stumbling blocks that I put between me and God. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, I'm not putting them there on purpose, or at least I don't (laughs) think that I am. Maybe I am. Maybe being in closer relationship with Christ requires an honesty and a commitment from us that sometimes, even unknowingly, that we put blocks in front of because the closeness of that relationship reveals our true self. And that's a place of growing, um, of change, of transformation. Um, But I think that we encounter those every single day as we struggle to walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. I think that stumbling blocks can look like things that divert our attention um, away from what we are supposed to be doing. I think that stumbling blocks can look like fear, Mm -hmm. Um, that fear not only of changing the world, but of being willing to change ourselves in ways that we don't want to accept that maybe we're not walking most closely with Christ. Mm -hmm. I think that stumbling blocks can look like any number of things. Stumbling blocks can look like my phone, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know? Most of the time Um, it does. Right. For me. Um, It's, it's those millions of little things that we 
put in between ourselves and what our call is. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, I don't want to name that a stumbling block is times that we take to rest. Rest is not a stumbling block. Rest is important to being whole people. Um, and it is important in being able to do God's work in this world, right? Jesus took Sabbath too. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it's the things that we put in between ourselves and God, in between ourselves and our true self, in between ourselves and doing the work of injustice, of fighting injustice and oppression, um, in between ourselves and seeing clearly what's going on in this world. Those are the stumbling blocks I'm talking about. And sometimes it requires us to get quiet to be able to open up and look at the ones that we've put there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that is like, I think that, that kind of, that goes into my point well, because I, I think that what I love about this response from Peter, I love this interaction because it's like Jesus is you know, kind of forcefully, but generally inviting P Peter to see how letting go of his letting letting go of his conceptions of what he thinks needs to happen or what his his kind of general feeling of scarcity, letting what letting go of that can actually open him, open him to the thing he does genuinely desire most, which is the kingdom of heaven that Jesus has been preaching and the good news of it. It it. That, that Peter thinks he knows how for him, for him, he thinks he knows how it needs to go for that to happen. And Jesus is saying, no, it's actually going to happen this way. And it's going to, it's going to in the end, open up to something more that, that you need to, you need to let go on a personal level of what you think needs to happen of your own feelings of losing, of losing something and let that reality, let the, the, the possibility that letting go of something is going to open you up to a bigger, more participatory, wider reality, which is the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is inviting them to. Right. And so, and I, and so I think then like this ties into, because even in, if you look at your Bible, if you have a, an NRSV uh, Bible, it'll break it up that first section as Jesus foretelling his death and resurrection. And then the next section is a different section is called the cross and self-denial. But this is not a separate idea from Jesus. This is the same idea just building on that. He's saying you have your, you have your mind on human. It says here divine things and human things, but like the, like a really literal translation of the Greek, this word is not divine. It's God. It's like you have, you're having human thoughts and not God thoughts, you know, and I, I think this is an interesting to me. It's not saying, you know, humanity, like down, like downplaying the goodness of humanity. He's just saying that as a human being, we we can't help but because we have these, you know, these bodies, these finite bodies that have clear beginnings and endings and are separate. Like we can't help but look at the world from our I individual point of view, you know, from our needs and desires for what else is going to happen in the world. But Jesus is saying that doesn't have to, that's not the end of your journey. <laughs> you know, like that's not, that's not, there's something beyond that. And in order for you to, 
in order for you to, to be able to think the thoughts of God, in order for you to be able to participate in the mind of God, in order for you to see from the perspective of God the world and the potential for the kingdom of heaven, you need to let something go. You're going to need to lose something, right? And so, so if any of, of my if, if any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. What's going What's that thing? What is that cross? What's that thing that you need to die to that is keeping you on this side of that cross, the the human mind side, and not being able to go into the the thoughts of God kind of side, and and these words are interesting because what Jesus in the Greek what Jesus says is if any want to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Which the the, the, the disciples are like following him they are literally spatially his followers and ideologically his followers and they have great faith in jesus they trust jesus but he's talking about an action that's going to happen after his death and resurrection you know to to come after him means to follow in his footsteps in a much more embodied way that this is going to need to happen to each of those individual people and culturally as well and he also says later there's this interesting difference between these this, uh, these last sentences. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. He doesn't say those who lose their life for my sake will save it, but will mm-hmm. find it. And that there's a difference between saving something and finding something. You know, you can't you save something that you already have. You find something that you've never had before, and so. I think if we're thinking about all of this in our our current context, we need to ask ourselves individually and culturally to this verse 26, the last part of this paragraph, for what profit what will it profit if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life or what will they give in return for their life? Like what have we culturally or individually forfeited to gain the world? You know, right. and I think right now we're we're reckoning with something with a very specific example of that, which is which is racism and and the systemic realities of racial disparities. That that the history of racism is the history of a group of people, a group of powerful white people, forfeiting them their lives, their identities, their who they are in relationship to other humans to gain the world. And that legacy continues. And like we have to ask ourselves, this is what we're being asked in this moment to reckon with is how are we participating in that forfeiture? And how are we participating in the gain? And what Jesus is saying here and what's saying to us today in this modern context of of racism and anti-racism is there is something more than this. And that, that you can still find this greater life of community, of equality, of the kingdom of heaven that you've never had before because it's never exist- it hasn't existed yet. We still haven't gotten it right. As much as we may have said it in the Constitution, as much yeah. as the founders may have written about it in the Declaration of Independence, those are just concepts. They have never been a reality. And so what, what ways do we, what do we need to let go of? What scarcity of our kind of individual desire for survival can we let go of? And find something bigger, find some larger communal thriving 
that can only exist that can only exist it's not even that we're giving up it's not even that we're giving up something that is in our self-interest to hold on to what we're giving up is a false sense of security based on an idea that there is a scarcity of resources and of goods and of and of wellness which is just not true because the more people mm-hmm. that are well the more people that thrive the more everyone thrives communally together so you know jesus is saying jesus is just asking like what is the thing getting in your way of fighting for anti-racist policy if we're just focusing on racism what is the thing getting in your way of changing the structures is it an actual is, is it a feeling that you will lose something and is it actually true that you will lose something if everybody has ac- equal access to resources because for 99 percent of the country that is not true <laughs> There's like 1% of people who will actually lose something if everyone has access to resources and everyone else will benefit. So, and yeah. Jesus is kind of asking us to, to, to take for a moment to wonder what we have not yet found and stop trying to save the thing that's not working for anyone. Right. Yeah, and I think that takes us to a third point that we want to do together, which is this last section um, verses 27 and 28 for the, or actually just ver- specifically verse 27 for the son of man is to come with his angels in the glory of his father. Then he will repay everyone for what has been done. And, and I think that, so this, this word, I think there's a lot, there's a, this, this is this, this idea of the son of man is an interesting one because it's like this idea of, I think it's something that we can all participate in. And I'm thinking about it like how can we think about this in kind of a a current ongoing way instead of a thing that we're like waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. And how do how do how are we all how are we all called to participate and who is participating in calling us to this kind of reckoning that we're talking about, you know, because because it has to be pointed out to us. You know, there are prophetic mm-hmm. voices that are playing the role of the human one, you know, speaking with the, the mind of God, the thoughts of God, to, in the Greek, very clearly return to you what you have done, you know? And so it's not so much like you're going to pay for what you did, like a punishment. It's like you're going, it's like, it, it really is like you're going to reap what you have sown. Like, have you? What is what where how have you what have you how have you been living out the kingdom of God? Has it been through scarcity and oppression of people? If so, what does it mean for that to be returned to you? Can you see how living mm-hmm. in that place is really a loss for you? That that you that that being returned to you and you being repaid what you have given is is a painful current reality that to live in that feeling of scarcity and being constantly repaid from that place is to constantly be in fear of losing what you think you have uh, and not being and not living into, you know, this abundance, this the security that is not personal security, but communal participation in the kingdom of heaven. Well, and I think it's important also to really look at the last word in that phrase, which is done, Mm -hmm. right? Like what you have done and done is an action word in Mm -hmm. the same way that you said, reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. 
So it was an action word. Yes. And I think that in this, it offers us the opportunity to reflect on the fact that um, it's not enough for us to say things. We actually have to do things. Mm -hmm. It's that transition, as we talked about two weeks ago, um, when we reflected on the woman who wanted her daughter to be healed, and not just looking at the relationship between her and Jesus in that interaction, but also all of the other people that were there. Yeah. How do we transition from bystander to ally? How do yeah. we transition from being watching on the side to being active participants in bringing about the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. um, and that that is what this verse to me so clearly says that you will be repaid for what has been done. We are called to be people of action. Being Christians, it's living as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if in if in this moment, if in these moments of reckoning, when you when you when the voices when the voices of the sun when the voices of the human one are reaching your ear and and um, puncturing your heart, you know and. You respond by by whatever it is, guilt or shame or frustration. You know, can we take that not as a call to shut down, but as a call to action? You know, to yeah. that that it's okay to recognize that we haven't done very much, but we still have the opportunity to do more. Um, so that's three points uh, for this week. Um, to recap. Point number one was charlots, and it was about uh, the very beginning verses and asking ourselves about stumbling blocks in our lives. What are the stumbling blocks from outside? But more importantly, what are the what are the things that are causing us to stumble and keeping us from you know this abundance of the kingdom of heaven uh, internally? What are our stumbling blocks that we're giving ourselves? And mine came after that, thinking about you know this this movement from. Um, that Jesus is inviting us to of letting go of this small, small, this small worldview and opening up to the thoughts of God, opening up to the abundance of the kingdom of heaven. That is not about securing our own wellness, but recognizing that our wellness grows as the wellness of everyone grows, as the number of people that are well grows. And then the final thought was about this last verse, the the coming of the Son of Man, the the reckoning. The reckonings that continue to go on that come up as as people um, take part in the the role of playing the role of the human one of inviting us to recognize uh, how we're being repaid for what we have done and calling us to do something different in the future if we're not being repaid with abundance if we're not living into that abundant life. So, having heard that conversation, we invite you to uh, read again this uh, gospel for August 30th, proper 17, Matthew 16, 21 to 28. Um, if you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection you'd like to share with us, we would love to hear from you. You can email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website and find all the faith to go resources every week at www.myfaith2go.org. And you can also contact us and follow us, direct message us on Instagram at faith to go We will be back next week for the first Sunday in September. Oh, man. September 6th. Proper 18. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.